You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 33, Increasing Agency. We all know we have agency, the amazing ability to choose, but did you know that it can feel like a finite resource? Our ability to choose what is best for us is often harder than it should be. It all depends on the habits we have in our daily life. Today, we're going to take a little quiz to discover how reactive or proactive we are. And I'm going to share with you my two habits that increase my agency the most. Sound good? Let's get started. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available on Amazon and filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or who have taken the time to share it with a friend. As you may know, I am not active on social media, a deliberate choice that helps me have the creativity and focus to make this podcast the best that it can be. So the only way this podcast grows is by word of mouth. It's by you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to share this with your friends and to support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from Lovely Lady Fox. She says, I am so thankful to have found this amazing podcast. Brooke is very good at articulating truths that I have known in my heart and wanted to understand, but have been unable to put words to. She has clarified self-care concepts, practices, and theories perfectly and made them perfectly doable. The small and simple things she shares really are life-changing, especially as they compound with consistency. Thank you, Brooke, for your dedication to helping me and others to live in our true identities. Lovely Lady Fox, thank you so much for the review. I am thrilled that you feel just how doable the small and simple things are. I think it's so much easier to commit ourselves to those small things when we understand how they compound over time. That is how they become great. Keep up the great work in your own self-care practices. I am cheering you on. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your ratings and reviews and your shares, this is what makes this podcast possible. If you haven't left a review yet and you've intended to, or if you've never shared this podcast with a friend, will you pause the episode right now and just do it? (laughs) It's super easy, it's fast, and it will brighten someone's day to know that you are thinking of them. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Friends, today's topic is so good. (laughs) We're going to talk all about increasing agency. As you know, agency is our ability to choose. It's one of the most important purposes of our life on earth, to learn how to choose good over evil. Sometimes though, I fear that definition can become too broad for everyday application. Most of my daily choices don't really feel like I'm choosing between good and evil. (laughs) I like to think that I am playing for the light side, not the dark side. That being said, our level of agency, our ability to choose is variable. It can be high or it can be low, or sometimes it may feel more like it's easier to choose what is best for us or harder to choose that which is best for us. So would you like to know how high or how low your level of agency really is. And it can totally depend on the day. So let's find out how high it is right now. (laughs) How about we start off with a little agency quiz? Are you ready? 
For each of these questions, you have two possible answers. Those answers are reactive or proactive. Ready? Question number one, how do I use my time reactively or proactively? Question two, how do I treat my phone reactively or proactively? Three, how do I treat my body reactively or proactively? Four, how do I treat my mind reactively or proactively? Five, how do I treat my family reactively or proactively? Six, how do I treat money reactively or proactively? Seven, how do I respond to emotions reactively or proactively? So I could go on into several areas of life, but you get the idea. Isn't it interesting to see the correlation of agency as it relates to being reactive or proactive. In scriptures, being reactive or proactive is described using the words to act for yourself or be acted upon. Agency is so much more nuanced than just choosing between good and evil. (laughs) The more reactive you are, the lower your level of agency. The more proactive you are, the higher your level of agency. I'm going to state that one more time. This is your big takeaway for the episode. The more reactive you are, the lower your agency. The more proactive you are, the higher your agency. Have you ever felt this before? (laughs) Now, full disclosure here, every one of us can do better. We all have areas that we have some more reactive responses to, and we all have areas that we're more proactive. So how do you increase your agency? What do you do to increase your ability to be more proactive in your life instead of reactive? Do you have certain things that you do that help you be more proactive? Four years ago, when I was in the thick of mental illness, I learned firsthand just how scary it can be to live in a state of being reactive all the time. My kids would make one wrong move and I would nag or yell. Someone would say the wrong thing and I'd quickly get offended. And Because I was so tired all the time from all the reacting, because let's be honest, being reactive is actually really, really exhausting. I would constantly want to escape the annoying annoying parts of life through going to social media or getting on my phone. Or once the kids were in bed, I'd escape again with Netflix and a bowl of ice cream. I was being reactive in my relationships with my kids, with my spouse, with my phone, media, food, sleep, and I'm sure plenty of other areas of life. And I'll never forget one conversation that I had with my sister. I was talking to her on the phone while hiding in the pantry. (laughs) The pantry is a magical hiding spot. I'm sure I was hiding from my kids so I could have an uninterrupted conversation, or I was in there to eat chocolate, (laughs) or probably I was doing both at the same time. (laughs) Anyway, here I am in the pantry, talking to her on the phone and I'm confessing to my sister how hard my life was, how I was so anxious all the time and how I had started to have panic attacks. Instead of ruminating with me, my sister, who was probably pretty tired of hearing me complain, she got super proactive. She told me about a 40-day meditation challenge that she had found and she asked if I'd be interested in taking it with her. She suggested that 
it might be a way to help me deal with anxiety and panic and feeling so reactive all the time. I immediately signed up and we both held each other accountable to this very interesting new practice of meditation. A week or two after meditating every day, something interesting started to happen. Instead of immediately reacting to something, there was a moment of pause. Now, I'm not sure if that moment existed in actual seconds of time or if it only existed in my brain, (laughs) but suddenly I became aware that I had a choice. I could choose whether to be reactive or proactive. Because I was so practiced in my old habits, oftentimes I still chose to react. But sometimes, sometimes I chose to be proactive instead. This moment of pausing before choosing how to respond felt really new to me. It had been a really long time since I had actually experienced the moment that happens before reacting. I had been so distracted that the actual moment of choice seemed like it actually hadn't been there. And only now was I starting to see it emerge. Viktor Frankl is credited as saying, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. I know firsthand that the space he describes can sometimes feel hidden, like it's not actually there. When we are living in high distraction and are highly reactive, it feels like there is no pause. It feels like that space is not there. (laughs) It wasn't until I started to introduce some better habits into my life, like meditation, that I actually started to notice the space he describes. And oh my goodness, being aware of that space is everything. It's like I woke up from being asleep and I started to see with my eyes and hear with my ears the space that exists before every moment of choice. There really was a space between being triggered by my kids and yelling. There was a space between being woken up by my alarm and choosing to go back to sleep. There was a space between grabbing my phone and numbing out with distraction. There was a space between eating food I know will make me feel lousy. There was a space between spending money unnecessarily online There was a space. How long had I gone without seeing the space, without really knowing it was there? Meditation woke me up to seeing the space between stimulus and response. And once I could see the space, I dramatically increased my likelihood of choosing something better. Since that time, I have made many changes to my daily habits. I do still have moments that I react but they are dramatically less than they were before. I do all I can with these daily habits to make sure they increase my agency. Out of the dozens of daily habits I have, I have to say two have been the most effective for increasing agency for me. First was meditation, which I just described. And second is reducing inputs. You want to know what I mean by reducing inputs? (laughs) Our culture is constantly plugged in and I was no different. Granted, 
I prided myself on being super curated in my inputs. I listened to dozens of podcasts and I was always taking online courses. And the people I followed on social media were positive and uplifting and amazing influencers doing amazing things. And I took it all in all the time. I'd listen to something as I drove. I'd listen to something while working out. I listened while doing housework. I'd hop on social media during carpool lane or heaven forbid, stoplights, <laughs> or when I was tired or bored. I'd have a book with me at all times. I'd text or voice message my friends all day, and then I'd wake up and I'd do it all again. It didn't seem like it was a problem because I was mostly taking in such good, uplifting information. But unfortunately, when we are constantly stimulated, there's no space for our own thoughts. There's no space for our own promptings. There's no space for recovery. Just like our body needs to recover from an intense workout, our mind does too. Have you felt this before? Thanks to a rule that was given to me by my coach, I try really hard to not have any inputs in the morning <laughs> before I've done my own deep work for the day. For me, my deep work is writing podcasts or writing online courses, and that happens after I've already done my morning routine of meditation and yoga and planning and journaling, scripture study. <laughs> Sometimes that means that I don't check my email or listen to a podcast or go online until afternoon, and I may have to clean the kitchen and the house with only my own mind for company. But this is a really bright line for me. Similarly, I end the inputs by 9 p.m. or earlier each night. 9 p.m. is about an hour before I go to bed so I can unwind with my own thoughts and, bonus, have a deeper, calmer sleep. Reducing inputs has increased my agency. I see the space between stimulus and response and I hear it too. Have you ever had the experience of having several people talking to you all at the same time wanting something from you. <laughs> if you're a mother, you're probably laughing. <laughs> Every night, you know, around dinner time, I'm trying to do the math of measuring ingredients for dinner while one child is asking me questions about homework and another is calling to me for something she needs. And then my husband comes in and asks a question. It is so much information coming in all at the same time that my brain feels like it's spitting in a million directions. And I either feel frozen or I want to tell everyone to stop talking while I recount how many teaspoons of chili powder I may have accidentally added to the soup with all the inputs that are coming in. My agency in a moment like that feels super low. It's hard to even make the tiny choice of adding spice to my food. Our brains are the same way. While we may not have all the inputs of our day coming in at the same time, when we're constantly stimulating our minds, even with the best of things, we aren't leaving room for the space between stimulus and response. There has to be moments of solitude and recovery. There must be moments we allow our mind to rest from the inputs from everyone else. And it's my experience that reducing those inputs increases agency in a major way. Isn't agency amazing? 
If you've heard me talk about self-care in the past and you're still waiting for a good enough reason to make this part of your daily life, this is it. Self-care increases your agency. Self-care helps you see the space between stimulus and response. If you want to be proactive instead of reactive, this is the path to do it. You know, it's funny because sometimes I think we see this more clearly for our kids. If my four-year-old is tired, hungry, overstimulated, hyped up on sugar, has been on screens all day and hasn't been outside in nature, her ability to choose tanks really fast. (laughs) We are the same way. The day that I got married, my dad wisely advised my husband with these words. He said, make sure you feed her and make sure she gets her sleep. (laughs) Thank you, dad. Even as an adult, those little things have great effect on our ability to be proactive or reactive. Making good habits a part of our life helps us to spiral up instead of spiraling down. We want to live so that we see and hear the space between stimulus and response. Protecting our agency is the most important thing we can protect. It is the key to progress and happiness. Shall we learn what the Lord has to say about agency? In 2 Nephi chapter 10, verse 23, he says, Therefore, cheer up your hearts and remember that ye are free to act for yourself to choose the way of everlasting death or the way of eternal life. We can choose behaviors that lead to death or a diminishing of our life or choose behaviors that lead to eternal life an expansion of our life. We can choose to be reactive or proactive, but to experience that space between stimulus and response requires habits that will help you see it. You must cultivate agency every single day. Find the habits that help you cultivate your agency. Remember, by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. Those little habits you put into your day, they're small and simple. And they bring about great things because they increase your agency. And agency is power. Imagine your life ever increasing your agency and look forward with faith. Do you listen to these episodes and love what you hear and wonder where to start? I invite you to take my Christian Meditation 40-Day Challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day, and I use it for so many things, including increasing my agency. If you want to see that space between stimulus and response and be more proactive in every area of your life, start here. You hear me preach over and over the importance of the small and simple things in our life, and this one practice has brought more far-reaching fruit in my life than any other practice. But the key is consistency. That's why I love this is a 40-day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. Starting a new habit and even more so being consistent can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Do this for yourself, but if you know someone else who really needs this practice, buy the course and ask them to be your free buddy. When my sister invited me to do a meditation course with her, it changed my life. And I know I only committed because I had her to do it with me. 
If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. Hooray for agency. You can do this. I am cheering you on.